Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Jackie's Proof Animals Have Souls and Psychics show. Produced through Passionate World Talk Radio a subsidiary of Global Media Network. This is the 18th show. If you've listened to my show before, you'll know I'm a psychic psychical researcher, spiritual historian, lecturer and decades-long vegetarian for compassionate reasons, an author of three books, Proof Animals Have Souls, 500 Plus Celebrities Go Vegetarian and Moses and Jesus the Shamans, Mediums. Listeners will come to realise I'm passionate about compassion and respect for all animals, including the human animal, and also my long-standing research into shamanic, out-of-body and near-death experiences and mediumship. For me, both the evidence of survival through mediumship and near-death experiences accounts not only provide some of the best evidence for after-death survival for all beings, but also provide details regarding the after-death landscapes that appear to be responsive to and shaped by predominant thought patterns. My two books in my Proof Animals Have Souls series is Proof Animals Have Souls and 500 Plus Celebrities Go Vegetarian and they can be read independently. And the third book is Moses and Jesus the Shamans. They're paperbacks and e-books and if you click on my website, JackieJonesHunt.com, then it will take you to the Amazon links. And Jackie is spelt with a Jack with an I-E. Um, today, I'd like to welcome medium Joanne Ward to this 18th show. Joanne lives in Helensborough, Scotland. She has two young daughters and worked with as a nurse with a postgraduate qualification in palliative care for 16 years. She worked in prestigious Scottish hospitals and as I lived in Scotland in Glasgow for many years, I know these hospitals very well. Interestingly, when I contacted Joanne for this interview, she said she'd received my full name and the name of one of my books repeatedly for the last three to four years when she was meditating. So that's fascinating. And Joanne gives one-to-one readings and she works in spiritualist churches and has done so for the last 17 years. Joanne can be contacted on joanneward1979 at outlook.com and further contact details for Joanne and myself will be on today's blog. And Joanne is J-O-A-N-N-E Ward W-A-R-D 
1979@outlook.com. So welcome Joanne. I'm pleased to have you on the show today. Thank you Jackie. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and take part in your psychic radio show. Thank you. Um the first question I'd like to ask, um just so listeners can understand how you work, clairvoyance is seeing and clairaudience is hearing and claircognizance is knowing and clairsentience is sensing. Would you say you are some or all of these as a medium? Well, Jackie, I'm glad you've asked that question because it's something that students of mediumship get themselves all mixed up about. And for me, um, when I first began on my mediumship development, I used to get quite upset because the tradition is in circles that everyone meditates together and then after the meditation give feedback to the tutor and i used to listen to everyone talking about what they'd experienced during their meditation and they were describing all the wonderful things that they could see while they were meditating and sometimes that involved spirits or guides and i used to get quite worried because i didn't see anything other than the inside of my eyelids to be honest and it wasn't until you know maybe a year into my development um when i then moved to another circle to a more experienced tutor that i then began to understand that the spirit world work with all of our senses and they may work with one or all of them at different times so for me um naturally i am clear audient and clear cognizant so that means i hear the spirit world and i just know things and i don't know why i know them and it makes sense to me that growing up from a young age i learned to play violin from the age of 4 and i'm a singer and i come from a very musical family so listening comes naturally to me and so it makes absolute sense to me that naturally i am clear audience well thank you um and then uh-huh. sorry sorry i was just saying thank you yes that please carry on yeah yeah so just just through time the spirit world then came in and developed the other senses and it really is multifaceted you know they do work with each sense at different times okay thank you What are your earliest memories of seeing or hearing spirits, please? Well, as a child, I grew up in a working-class part of Scotland on the west coast. I grew up in a shipbuilding town, and um, we had a very strong Irish influence in our town. Um, so, one end of the town was Catholic; the other end of the town was Protestant. and i was born into a mixed marriage my dad being a protestant my mum being a catholic and so uh, the earliest memory i really have is around the age of 3 or 4 of going to mass probably around 4 actually of going to mass with my mother's mother and i was sitting in the front looking at the altar and i could see a woman on one side of jesus Uh, on the cross and i could see a young baby boy on the other side and i thought that that was my nana my father's mother who had died when i was 3 and a half and the little boy at first i wasn't sure who he was but i learned later on that that was my brother who had died before i was born 
So I used to see lights around the priest's head as well, and I just assumed everyone else could see these things. Um, and it wasn't until I grew up that I realised that my granny couldn't see any of that, that it was just unique to me. That's very interesting. So would you say it's this type of event that started you on your spiritual path? Well, it was one of the things, but, you know, growing up as a Catholic, we were always told it was a sin to try and communicate with the dead. And there was a lot of fear into us that you shouldn't communicate with the other world. So it wasn't really until I was in my teens that I had a very profound dream. And that was after my maternal grandmother died. So I was 16 and um, I'd been having a rough time between the ages of 11 and 16. My parents had divorced and my grandfather had died uh, and I was going off the rails, having problems at school, the usual teenage rebellion. Yes. And then my grandmother died of a heart attack when I was 16 and I had this very profound dream after her death where I went upstairs. It was basically a mountain which had stairs going up the mountain and big Doric pillars. To me, it reminded me of something like the Parthenon or Greek mythology. And when I went upstairs to this mountain, there was a big open air ballroom. And when I looked inside, I could see my grandparents dancing with each other and they were waving at me. But there was a bouncer on the door, interestingly. At that time, I was a teenage rebel and I was drinking in a local pub underage. I was 16. And it was the bouncer from the local pub who was on the door. And he said to me, I'm sorry, but you can't get in. It's not your time. You have to go back downstairs. So I waved goodbye to my grandmother and my grandfather. And I woke up with floods of tears all over my pillow. And that was the beginning of my healing after my grandmother had died, it was the beginning of me understanding that there was more to life than this life. That's very and interesting. It, yeah, and I can only say that my grandmother then became my conscience. And so when I was doing things that I shouldn't be doing as a teenage rebel, I would hear her in my mind encouraging me, telling me not to do it and encouraging me to go and do good things. Um, so she became my guide in some sense before I really understood anything about mediumship. And over the years, I felt a massive draw to go and see a medium. And I didn't understand the difference at that time between a medium and a psychic. So I found myself in Glasgow Psychic Centre and I had a few tarot readings. But sadly, my grandmother never came through. And it wasn't until I was 27, a spiritualist church opened in my local area and I felt an enormous pull to go and join the church. And I was invited to join the circle there. And it was then that I really fully understood mediumship and began my journey of development. Thank you. Um, when we spoke um, to organise this interview... Um, you said you see auras and you said you saw gold, white and yellow around my crown chakra. Do you see auras yes. regularly? In my conscious waking daily life, it's not something that I pay attention to very much. And the reason for that 
is that I feel as a medium that it's important to have a discipline and to switch your um, ability to communicate with the spirit world on and off. So in my normal life, when I'm dealing with my children and, you know, my daily, day-to-day mundane stuff, I really don't pay very much attention at all to spirit. But when I open up to the spirit world and I consciously set my intention to work with spirit, then I do very much become aware of what I call spirit lights. And... I I really do become aware of people's auras and sometimes I see those auras but most often I feel them from people Um, and I think that that's something that's inherited as well for lots of us. I think we're all capable of it and it all depends whether or not you're open to these experiences. So when you say that you feel them, do you you sense the coloured energy? And do you do yes, you inter- do you usually interpret the coloured energy? Do you get feelings from yeah. those colours? Yes, I definitely get feelings, um, and not always not always colours, but sometimes emotions. Um, when I see it as colour, I associate it with emotions, but when I feel it, I feel it as emotions. And, you know, my grandmother was a lady who could size people up instantly when she met them. And my mother does the same. And I feel that I've inherited that from a long line of uh, people who were actually mediums and psychics, but just didn't know that they were because of the Catholic conditioning, you know? Yeah. But certainly when I I see colours around people, I definitely associate it with emotions or sometimes I'll associate it with, for example, well, to give an example, there is one lady who used to attend my development classes. And when I first met this lady, my first instinct was that I saw blue all around this lady's head. And it was, to me, it was the colour of the Virgin Mary because I'd grown up as a Catholic. So it symbolised Mother Mary to me. And I felt her energy as very nurturing and maternal and loving and caring. And as I got to know this lady, I then discovered that she was a foster mother and that she'd been doing that for 30 years. But right away, her aura told me that. And this lady was not Catholic, but she was very spiritual. She is religious, but just not Catholic. Um, But the blue colour brought that feeling to me, that knowledge, that knowing that she was a motherly uh, vibration. Very interesting. We, um, we've only got a couple of minutes left, so if in a couple of minutes you could say anything that you can about seeing or sensing spirit animals, I'd be grateful. Certainly. Um, an interesting story about that. Um, when I lived alone in my 20s, I was going through a difficult time and a cat appeared out of nowhere and he used to follow me home and I lived in a close, in a tenement close and he would come up and sit in the close and at first I didn't let him into the house but after a few weeks I let him in and then he gradually moved in with me and he was a ginger tom cat and he was my first experience of an animal in my life. And he brought so much love and so much comfort to me at a time when I was struggling with grief and the split up from a relationship. And um, after I moved away from that flat, I went and found the owner to say that I was moving away 
and I'd called this little cat Garfield because he was ginger. Um, I found the owner anyway and she explained his name was actually Tigger and she wasn't worried because she knew I was looking after him, she knew I'd been feeding him. So I moved away and about a year and a half or two years later I was doing a mediumship course through in Edinburgh. And We've only got seven seconds left now, so if you could just sort okay. of summarise, did you? Are you saying that when he passed, you actually saw him again in spirit? Yes, she brought him through to me, and she could feel him, and she could describe his personality. So it brought so much love to me to know that he was still alive in the spirit world. Oh, that's excellent! The time has absolutely flown, um, so I'm sure we yeah. should speak again. And the 